Welcome to SportsCars, a podcast where Chicago sports broadcasting pioneer and a national legal expert get into the legal goings of sports. And now your hosts, Chet Kovic and Lester Munson. Sports Court time. How you doing, everybody? I'm Chad Kopic, along with ESPN's premier legal expert, Lester Munson. Sports Court, of course, brought to you by our good friend, John Coyne, and the marvelous people at American Taxi, Chicago's primetime, primo suburban taxi service. Lester, right off the top, uh, I see this as a sign of uh, marginal panic on the part of uh, Team Ricketts. But I'll tell you point blank, the uh, Cubs going to uh, discount tickets for their home games during the months of uh, April and May where their schedule is terribly front-loaded. If I'm a traditional season ticket holder and I'm not getting the extra benefits of uh, a free Budweiser or a hot dog or a discount ticket, as far as I'm concerned, I have every right to be furious. I feel like I've been slapped in the face. I think there are plenty of season ticket holders who feel that way, Chet. Uh, I am in two different season ticket holder groups. The leader of one of our groups, I know, without even talking to him, I know he's been on the phone and emailing and protesting to the Cubs. He's one of those guys. He keeps track of every nickel. If they raise the price by a dollar a ticket, he writes a four-page letter. He's one of those guys. He wants to have his tickets. He wants the price to be reasonable. And if they're going to raise the price, he wants something in return for that. Maybe a pitcher who can produce a quality start more than once every four weeks. Well, it's kind of interesting. I spoke with a ticket broker yesterday, and he said, you know what the bottom line to all this is? Cub fans are finally, at long last, with the John McDonough era over and uh, the ball club uh, struggling to uh, redefine itself uh, from an image perspective, on the field perspective. He said, the Cubs are now realizing what the White Sox have been realizing for years. They now have to win to sell out. This would be a major transition, and it could be that with the change of ownership from Tribune Company over to the Ricketts, then fans said, wait a minute, what are we doing here? Even though you wouldn't view that as a big radical transformation in any way, it was a transition which allowed fans to reconsider what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Why are we going to these ball games 3.2 million times a year when it at best it's a 500 team? I'm not in that category of fan. I love going to the ballpark. The, the, uh, you know, it, it's always a great thing for me. But there are an awful lot of people who are doing exactly what you say. They're going to have to do better before I'm going to continue to spend money. All right, National Football League, uh, the beat goes on between the players and the uh, club owners. Mediation ordered by Judge Susan Nelson up in uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, Where are things right now? Where do you think things will be, for example, uh, June 1st? Uh, Judge Nelson has the decision to make here. It's a big decision. Will she issue an injunction that would stop the lockout and put things back on a semi-normal basis? She doesn't want to issue that injunction until she has exhausted all possibilities of settlement. So she, by direct order, told the lawyers, told the league, told the players, you will negotiate. You will negotiate here in the Twin Cities and you will negotiate until I tell you to stop negotiating. So they're going through this mediation. It's the same little minuet that we had back in Washington several weeks ago. It didn't accomplish anything, but she's the judge. The players want a decision from her. The owners want a decision from her, and so they have to do what she says. Maybe by some accident this would lead to a settlement. 
I don't think so. I think by June 1st, your target date, Chet, I think she will issue the order that says the lockout is over. She will put the injunction in place, and then the players and the owners will be on a more level playing field. Amongst uh, the National Football League club owners, who is the most uh, hawkish of owners? The one who just will not uh, give in to anything that uh, the association wants. I am not sure that we know, but we do know that the league people, uh, Jeffrey Pash, Roger Goodell, Dennis Curran, all of the staff people who want to persuade us uh, about certain things. We know, Joe Brown, we know that they are putting Je- Jerry Richardson out, as, out in front as the real hawk. Mm-hmm. I think that's because he is an articulate hawk. They probably have some guys who are worse, but who cannot complete sentences as well as Jerry Richardson can. So he is the front man for a group of hawks that probably are in the number of 18 or 20 people. All right, uh, Barry Bonds, we're not uh, done yet. What would you estimate Bonds spent in terms of uh, defending himself over uh, what became nearly uh, a decade of uh, legal exercise to convict him on one count? Barry Bonds spent a fantastic amount of money defending himself. There's enough lawyer in me left, Chet, that I love seeing these lawyers of his make all this money. <laughs> the, it, during the trial, three and a half weeks... Every day he had seven lawyers in the courtroom and three paralegals, and there may have been some there that I did not identify. I tried to keep track of who was there every day. Those lawyers, four of them come from a law firm known as Skadden Arps. Lawyers out there will recognize the name immediately. It is the single most expensive law firm in the United States. His principal lawyer, Alan Ruby, is a guy brilliant lawyer, smooth as silk. You cannot help but like this guy. If you're in trouble, this is the kind of lawyer you want. He's a guy who is in the realm of $900, $800 per hour, and he was there working in the courtroom for four weeks and for many months before that. So whatever the government spent on this prosecution. People worry about that. The guy who really spent money was Barry Bonds. That being said, uh, wouldn't we all be naive? Uh, we can make a declaration that, uh, in a sense, the steroid era is over with uh, the uh, single-count conviction of uh, Barry Bonds. But, Lester, I still maintain there are chemists uh, uh, south of the border. There are chemists here in uh, the United States still capable of creating designer steroids that normal testing procedures just will not detect. I don't have any doubt about that. Uh, if you're a biochemistry major, what more lucrative specialty could you follow than developing the undetectable steroid? There are athletes out there who will pay small fortunes for this. Uh, the famous guy, of course, is Patrick Arnold. He was the Dr. Strangelove of the Balco investigation. He's right down here in Urbana, Illinois. I am. He's a power lifter. He's got one thing on his mind developing yet another cream or clear as he mm-hmm. developed for Balco. He'll do it. Somebody else will do it. Luckily, we have resources that are devoted to keeping track of this. The The testing people are trying to keep up. Uh, United States Anti-Doping Agency in Colorado Springs, the World Anti-Doping Agency in Switzerland, and in Montreal, they are trying to keep up. But the players... And the developers of these drugs will always be a step or two ahead. My friend, uh, from the perspective of Bonds, watching his uh, body language in court, 
watching the way he conducted himself as a juror. What was your reaction to the presence of Barry Bonds? Bonds must have been overtrained for the court appearances. He was always placid, imperturbable, even when his former girlfriend of nine years was up there sobbing, even when his best childhood friend was testifying against him. Uh, he, he Nothing seemed to bother him. He, he did nothing to call attention to himself. I would say that his behavior in front of the jury was better, for example, than the behavior of one of his lawyers who lost her temper at least twice. The, on the other hand, his mother was sitting right across the aisle from me, and when she saw these childhood friends of his coming in, he had ruined their lives, he had fired them, they were dependent on him for income. When she saw them come in and testify, she was reduced to tears twice. On one occasion, had to leave the courtroom. I, I watched her leave. She was sobbing. She was so upset with how wrong everything had gone because of Barry Bonds' use of these drugs. Can you uh, visualize a time 15, 20 years down the road where Barry Bonds will wind up in the Hall of Fame because you'll have a fresh set of uh, baseball writers of association or Baseball Writers of America uh, individuals tossing out the ballots. I, I believe, uh, Lester, much like the 80s uh, was baseball's cocaine era, that people are going to look back on this as being the steroid era. And quite frankly, if you look at the fact that Bonds won three National League MVPs before uh, what we believe was the major kick-in with the steroid era, I, I would be inclined, if I were a voter, to have to think long and hard. I, I wouldn't want to put him in the... Uh, first time around, but in some respects, he was just doing what a hell of a lot of other people were doing, and uh, when it comes to pure talent, there's no question that Barry Bonds is a Hall of Famer. The, the other rationale to add to that is that everything he did was legal at the time. There was no testing. Mm -hmm. There was It was all uh, perfectly all right until 2003, and I, I, will, will another generation vote him in? I don't know. There is such ill feeling against him right now. It's hard to imagine how that would reverse. Uh, we had a number of people from ESPN watching the trial. We were trying to keep track of some baseball writers and some votes. Our, our conclusion is he has absolutely no chance of getting into the Hall of Fame. Could that change? Yes, it could. Um, but I, my guess is all those guys, Palmiro, Sosa, McGuire, Bonds, it's going to be a long, long time before any of them are voted in. He is Lester Munson, the pride and joy of ESPN. I'm Chet Kapik. Once again, this has been the Sports Court, brought to you by the great people. Put that in bold type from American Taxi, Chicago's premier suburban taxi service. We thank John Coyne and company. Remember, for uh, quality, reliability, top-of-the-line service at the right price, you will always, always be on top with American Taxi. So long, everybody.